Hello everyone, hope you are all doing well today. Welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. Catherine, welcome back, good to have you here. Thank you, Faye. This is uh, going to be another great show, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, I'm, I'm biting at the bit to get started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guest has been on the schedule for a while, but now we finally have him here in the, uh, the studio with us. Perfect so. timing. Yeah. yeah. We have our high-octane coffee, second right? round to go. <laughs> yeah. You doing good? I'm doing great, Faye. How about you? I'm doing great. I, I'm feeling blessed. I got my coffee, so you ready to go? Yeah, we're both blessed, and we're both ready to go. Okay, oh, so yeah. here we go. Because we got the coffee. <laughs> this is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can also find all of our episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show, or you can find us on our website at partnershipforthearts.group.org. This show was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. All right, so today for our next episode, we have the wonderful Tony Walker, yes. marble sculptor, and just what an amazing story. Tony, welcome thank to the you. show. Yeah, hey, Tony. thank you so much. It's really an honor to be here. Thank you. Uh, your primary medium, Tony, is working with marble. That's right. Is, is there a particular marble that you prefer working with? Blocks of Indiana limestone marble, which is kind of a brown marble that a lot of buildings in Washington, D.C. are made out of. So, Tony, how about you tell us how this all started with you? Well, it all my story really began with me finding a bunch of marble blocks in the woods. I was on a nature walk, and there's a hillside with blocks of stone marble. And I don't know how the marble got there. Maybe somebody had a headstone business. Maybe they're corner markers for a cemetery or something. But when I, when I was on this hike, I found this, this marble, and I said, this is this is stone, you know. This is marble. I could, I could become a marble sculptor. I had this epiphany that really? just I found the stone. Then, right. Then then came the problem. Now how do you how do you become a marble sculptor? But I have to ask you one before you go on. When you said you saw the marble laying there and you just had this epiphany, something struck you. At the time, it, for me, it was like these loaves of bread. You know, it, okay. it was a raw material, and I you know I I, I touched it. I I kind of wanted to. to make sure it was really stone not cement okay you know so i like maybe grabbed a rock and struck it a little because this is this the stone was like uh, covered with moss and dirt these were oh, just not white pure white blocks of marble but but somehow i knew that it was it spoke to me uh it was all trash there and you know the expression one man's trash is another man's treasure well i i started dragging this stuff back they home the marble treasure yeah. right <laughs> i started dragging it back to the house uh later on i i for my mom i'd find out that my great-grandfather was a stonemason oh, he, really? he made he made headstones uh and you know when when a when a stone sculptor makes a headstone for someone maybe it's a figure weeping over the grave or someone with their right. dog there or something the the artist would never sign that it would just be you know that's what not mm -hmm. they didn't do that and then the same with uh he worked in cathedrals and made things we don't know what he made but wow. but I, you know I, I saw pictures of him in an artist's smock find out he was italian and that was his, the smock that he wore when he was a, a sculptor i didn't know this till way after i began my journey so i think it's partly in my blood and the rest is history you know 
Well, we're going to find out the rest of that history there. We were talking before the show. You said that you were retired, right? Right. Um, what did you do before? Well, I'm still an RN, and okay. uh, I, I still am dabbling with uh, a little bit of that work because it's, it is fulfilling. It's the greatest honor to, to be a nurse and take care of people and have people trust you to take care of them. So that's still a part of my life, but uh, this month I'll turn 59 years old, which is awesome. I love being 59 years old. I don't <laughs> worry. Great. I don't yeah. worry as much about things anymore. You know, I don't. Sweat, <laughs> I don't sweat the small stuff. But when I found the marbles around 1998, so 20 years ago, mm. and at the time I was working as a neurosurgery nurse at Johns Hopkins Hospital mm-hmm. with famous brain surgeons and orthopedic spine su- surgeons and some great minds in the in the world of medicine. The surgeons rely on the nurses to prepare the drills. They're, they have diamond-coated drill bits and these things that are called hardened carbide steel drill bits. Carbide steel is like the hardest steel, and these mm-hmm. are high-quality medical instruments that the doctors would use as sculpting tools. Right, okay. yeah. So for one brain surgery, let's say an acoustic neuroma, that's a, that's a tumor on the, on the ear nerve, they could use 10 diamond drill bits, uh, 6 millimeter, 5 millimeter, 4 okay, millimeter, yeah. 3 millimeter, and, and that's the diamond drill. Carbide steel drill bits, they might use six or eight of those. And the, they're, the patient is charged quite a lot for these things. They're high-quality instruments, okay, right. but they can only be used one time. These beautiful instruments are used one time and thrown away. So every day I'd go to work, and I'd be throwing away these diamond-coated drill bits. Right, yeah. So I, I found a way, and I got permission to clean them and sterilize them to use for my purposes to make art. And, uh, for so stone sculpting. For stone, stone sculpting, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I found that right around the same time I was working uh, with uh, people like Ben Carson, uh, who who's became one of my mentors, uh, I found this marble in the woods. And uh, In fact, I went to work one day and I said, hey, do you, I found this marble. Do you think I could use the drill bits to like uh, carve something? And uh, Dr. Carson is well-versed in classical music and classical art. And he pointed me to go to the Walters Art Gallery, and he, he said, right when you go in the lobby, you can see the evidence of drill work in the, mm-hmm. in the busts mm. of these portraits of uh, you know, famous Greek senators, etc. So uh, he, he, he and I became uh, uh, friends, and, and not only as colleagues, right. uh, he encouraged me to begin my journey in art, and actually commissioned me to do like a 25th wedding anniversary Oh, piece. And years later, I would wind up doing portraits of doctors, like looking through mm-hmm. microscopes or holding babies in their arms or looking through you know, medical instruments. So I'm a self-taught artist. It's really an honor that these, yeah. these three portraits are on display at Hopkins now. So that's like my little art gallery. And I still have the support. I still keep in touch with a few of these guys that are, that, you know, are very encouraging about me continuing my love of art and, and my passion for it. And I have to say, you know, it's amazing that you're self-taught, and it's really interesting because most artists that have mentors are um, artists in that field or masters in that field, and your mentors were medical doctors and, I guess, medical specialists. So I'm curious, say, mm-hmm. collaboration, just talking, was it more of kind of an intellectual mentoring, and then you translated that being self-taught through the tools into the sculpture. I'm just curious how that worked well, out. As a, as a, there's always an opportunity, and I took that opportunity to ask, you know, how, does, how, are, how are you using that tool, you know? Mm. And, okay. and, and they would share with me, you know, 
so they yeah. would teach me give me ideas of how to uh, approach it and and then uh, I started making little medical models to kind of keep capture their interest too because right yeah. I, one day after one of the ear surgeries I went home and I made a little cochlea and semicircular canals these are the structures of the ear that right. make us hear mm -hmm. and I made these things I started making you know because the cochlea is like right. a snail shaped mm -hmm. thing and then I, I you know actually wound up making a pretty accurate medical model one time a doctor was able to take it to his patient and say here is where your tumor was <laughs> oh, wow, on this, and great. on actually yeah. on a piece of stone and uh, they were a little confused by that I think what, <laughs> that, what is that it's a, it's, well this is what's inside of your ear and this is where we operated. So I made more inner ear structures. I made vertebrae, which are the, the bones that stack up in your spine. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, if they were, depending if they were orthopedic surgeon or brain surgeon, but I, I made a lot of things like that, which they that tickled them, and it right. was it was fun for me too because that was an extension of my exactly. work. Exactly. And it's kind of this weird circular thing, the surgical tools being used to make models of this surgery that we're doing. Right. And then yeah. the, then I actually made portraits of the doctors. Uh, you know, they're, these are not professional portraits. They're relief carvings that I just kind of taught myself. Like when you look at a, a coin, you know, a coin is very mm -hmm. flat, but the, the carving is there. You know, the kind yeah. of you can see it. Uh, so I kind of taught myself how to do that, and fortunately, I had a lot of support, and uh, that kind of got me going. Let me ask you: You started sculpting. How long ago did you say? Well, I found the stone in 1998, so 20 okay. years ago. Okay, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. You started out, as you said, uh, making different things and models and reliefs like that. But you actually do three-dimensional right. sculpting now, and you brought one over here for mm -hmm. us. And, Gorgeous. Um, what inspired you to go in that direction? Well, you know, I've always been... Uh, a nature boy, you know. I like to go on the nature hike. So mm, I think yeah. when you when you derive your inspiration from nature, mm -hmm. you know, I, I you can't lose. So one of the early things that appealed to me was making these marble pea pods. But instead of there being peas in there, there's something else. Like, can okay. you imagine? And, I, and I've done this before, actually. When my daughter was very little, we, we cracked open a pea pod, and they were, the three of them were joined together to make a, like a face that looked like Abraham Lincoln or something. <laughs> Like, what in the world? You crack open this pea pod and there's, you don't... So I would have to go crack so, open a pea pod right, and take it's a It's a sugar snap pea, right? <laughs> right? Right. So, I mean, how surprising is that? But that, So then that got me thinking, oh, what if you crack it open there's one that's shaped like a guitar, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. then the, 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 uh, the pea pod became kind of a vehicle for me. Like, uh, can you imagine cracking open a pea pod and it's dark in there? It's like black, but you can see like little stars. The universe. Yeah. See, I have an active imagination. I love it. This so, is good for an artist to have. <laughs> right. It is. Well, here's a chance you can grow your imagination. You mm -hmm. know, and yeah. you can let your imagination Nurturing. run run wild. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, there's there's the the downside of that is the artist will wonder. I don't want to lose people. You know, like his art is weird. He's got these pea pods with musical <laughs> instruments floating off into space. Like, what is that about? You know, I want to connect with people. You know, I've made I've made the, the normal things that you would do as, uh, you know, like marble owls. People like a marble owl. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. that, that's appealing. Or the stingrays, which right, are good yeah. for around here. But I've I've resisted the urge to make the the marble dolphin on the wave with a wave <laughs> underneath of it. You know, it's like too derivative. It's been done before. I want to make things that haven't been made before. 
So, um, so not commercial mainstream, huh? Right. right, and right. That's, that's sadly, no, I'm not really exactly a mainstream artist. In fact, when I was in college, I, I stumbled across this book on goddesses. So okay, the goddess yeah. is a recurring theme in my work. So uh, I don't know how many people have heard of this, but back in the Stone Age times, there was, our ancient ancestors made these forms. There's a sculpture that was found in a cave in Germany, and the cave is in an area that's called Whole Fells, I think. And it's a real round uh, form, a figurine, right? It's made out of a, a mammoth tooth. And so that's, that's 30,000 yeah. BC. Like, what, why did they make yeah. a little woman, a little curvy woman out of this? After seeing these forms, uh, you know, I always thought in the back of my mind that one day that's, that's something that's going to re, re, reappear in my life. When I found the marble, I, I kind of knew it wouldn't be too long before I'd make a marble goddess, even though I don't, didn't know how to do anything with stone. I went to Home Depot and said, hey, I want to become a marble sculptor. What do you usually use? <laughs> you know, I know they got hammers and chisels. They so use those, right? Yeah, and the guy said to me, how about an angle grinder? Do you have a mar do you have an angle grinder? I said, what is an angle grinder? So now I, that, that began my journey to figuring out how to use those kind of tools. And uh, then, you know, you can... The sky's the limit. You you decide what what inspires you. I like I like nature forms like you know like the birds and the owls, fish. I've made a lot of fish sculptures. Okay. But uh, lately I'm 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 kind of on this interest with my my art aesthetic is about having reverence for the female form. Each of us has a, a thing that we're interested in. Though each of us has our own artistic ideas. Yeah. It sounds like it's it, very much nature inspired, mm -hmm. you know, Mother Earth, um, you know, nature, you think of fertility, uh, the life cycles, things like that. You know, artists, we get to think about these things, not only while we're busy making the things, we go home, we dream about it, yeah. we, we, we spend, it gives us something to chew on. You were mentioning before uh, a dream is that is the dream what inspired your your first uh, sculpture i think or? i think around when when you when you're when you're an artist you start thinking about well whatever you want to paint or whatever you want to write about you wind up dreaming about these things True. and yeah. i had a dream about these two they were like these perfect white forms and in the dream i said why is there two of you i, I can see one appearing in front of me but why is there two and I, they're identical and in the dream these goddesses somehow told me We'll tell you, but you won't remember. Do you still want us to tell you? So, oh, oh, of course, please tell me. What's the meaning of this? You know, what, what, what is the thing about goddesses? And then, of course, in the morning, I didn't remember a thing. I just tried and tried and tried. Except for remembering that they told you you won't remember. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Don't you hold on for one second because we're going to go to commercial break and we'll be right back. Hi. My name is George Mancini, and I listen to Partnership for the Arts, and it is a rewarding experience. Okay, we are back from commercial break, and we want to make sure that we thank George Mancini for that wonderful jazz piano. And uh, we're here with Tony Walker, sculptor. Tony, I wanted to ask you about the process that you do. When you decide to sculpt something, do you already have an idea of what you're going to do? I, I believe Michelangelo actually said, I didn't really say that. Everyone wants to, wants to pin this thing on him where he said, oh, I just remove everything that's not the sculpture. <laughs> you know, but people have been sculpting for a long time. I think somebody before him said that and they, they attributed it to him. But 
uh, yeah, the idea of you see the sculpture in the stone and you just remove everything that's not the sculpture. That's a nice idea. I, my brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> and I tell you what, sculpting is kind of hard. I, it, when you, it, the stuff that I start with is just an old block of stone that tumbled down a hill. It doesn't look like anything. There's no bird. I can't see a bird in there. I can't see a fish in there. You know. But the thing is, the, the stone is so hard that it slows me down mm -hmm. and you almost can't screw up real quick because it takes so long to get the image going and that, that, that because the stone is so hard it kind of puts the brakes on you and from from making a mistake mm. too quickly like if you have a hunk of clay oh you can just jab into it and and you know you it all happens so fast right you know and you can make changes really quickly but with stone it you it kind of emerges slowly you know, you, it, it takes a while, but I think because it's so hard it, and then because it, it appears slowly that it actually is a, a good thing that it it puts the brakes on things and gets lets me see it gradually. Um, and then partly the whole thing is a, it's a surprise. That's what I like about it too. You know, I might start making a stingray and think I have an idea for how it's going to flow or whatever. Right. It's going to be a wave under it, but, but by the time I get into it, uh, it winds up to be completely different. And then it's a different part of the brain too for, for sculpture. Uh, and it's something I'm trying to develop. You know, it's not some, I'm, it's something that I've just kind of come across and be, I became a sculptor. Just like you can become any kind of artist you want to become. You can, also, you can become a singer, you can become a writer. It just take an interest in it and begin doing it. And that's, that's how I, that's my story. But it's a, it's a different part of your brain that I think I've kind of developed and exercised. And now I'm seeing things in a, in a different way. But I, I like the fact that I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. I like the fact right. that it's a surprise. You know, I might have a certain idea in mind, but uh, it, it, because it's, the stone is so hard, it slows me down, and then I kind of get it as I go. Okay. That's nice. All right. yeah. now, and, and again, I think the fact is, you know, we are talking about sculpting hard stone. So it's physical work, mm -hmm. and very much physical work when yeah. you're doing that. How many different kinds of tools do you use in a certain statute? And you can just pick one if you want. Well, you heard me mention angle grinder. When I became mm -hmm. a mar an artist, I didn't know what an angle grinder was. So right. I mean, that's, that's become one of my main tools. And then with the use of these special surgery drill bits, that's where the detail comes in, the more finer work. But... Uh, you know, I've I've kind of invented my own way of making sandpaper and stuff. Like it's these all these things. It costs money to become an artist sometimes. You know. Oh yes, yeah, so it does. <laughs> you know, buy, next yeah. thing you know, I got to go to the hardware store and buy more sandpaper. Well, the the, the self-adhesive stuff that you buy with the pre-made pads and all, it costs more than the regular sheets of sandpaper. So I've invented ways to make my own kind of sandpapers and stuff. And uh, you know, so that is it, yeah. But you know, we, that's what we we artists. You know, we we listen to me. We artists. I <laughs> we are. I call yeah. myself an artist because I chose to become an artist. Just like mm -hmm. you can become an artist. If you're not an artist, you can become an artist. Right. And then how do you do that? We start making art. And what is art? You know, that's 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 a whole other show, right there. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> well, it's one of the reasons we have this where we talk art. Right. Right. right exactly. <laughs> okay. So Tony. Doing the 3D work, you obviously work in different sizes. Mm -hmm. You have I've seen the the collection of photos you have from small to quite large, mm -hmm. but you kind of took a different approach to actually doing all of this, and I mean in the means that you actually are able to create all this stuff while being off grid, so to speak. That's right. 
a little bit more than a year ago, my wife and I bought a piece of property on the Peace River. We have 200 foot of riverfront property on the Peace River. Like I said, my wife and I live on a three acre piece of property in a nature preserve. And there's no electricity back there. There's about 30 lots in the woods. It's a 100 acre piece of property, a little peninsula on the Peace River. And no one is living back there because there's no electricity. But we figured out a way to get the solar panel set up with the batteries and an inverter and kind of learned self-taught on the internet how to set up a solar system wow. and we watch television and we have a refrigerator and lights and fans and stuff just like normal people do but we don't have an electric bill well the surprising thing is I've realized that uh, during the day when the Sun is shining all this electricity is coming in the solar panels it can't go into the batteries once they're full they're charged yeah, yeah. they're charged yeah. up so so you've got all this potential electricity that you can use well I can run a drill I can run a Dremel I can run a grinders and I, I'm actually doing ancient kind of stone age marble sculptures sculptures by using solar power it's kind of like futuristic technology to do what our ancient ancestors like full circle yeah exactly kind it of is like full in circle. the future examining you know celebrating the past yeah you know, I it's, find that and it's it's yeah. fun the, the, the reason I do make marble sculptures is uh the reason I do art is because it's fun, you know, mm -hmm. it, it gives me joy and the idea of going out there was to rest my aching spirit. I've been a nurse for 30 years. I'm, I was on the edge of what we call burnout mm -hmm. and it wasn't a yeah. good feeling. I was a little overwhelmed of taking care of people in a burn unit or taking, mm -hmm. always, of doing brain surgery yeah. and stuff. It takes its toll on, on, on a person. I bet. Being an, an RN is, uh, it's been a great vehicle for me to uh, make a living. And it's been very interesting, and, I'm, and I've been pursued a life of science, which I really enjoy. But uh, when you're constantly giving and caring to your patients, uh, sometimes you need a stress buster. You need something to take you away from the thoughts of the day, yeah. of the, the suffering that people have. Mm -hmm. You know, so the art has been a good way for me to do that. So, uh, and I've I've made it now far enough past the self-critical stage that I like my art. You know, and I want to share it with people because I want to inspire people to begin making their art. Because when you do, something's going to change inside of you. You're going to find, you're going to discover things about yourself. Yeah. If you stick with it. And, and that's so true about about yourself. And I mm -hmm. think one of the things is that you learn also how to trust yourself. Beginning students go through this. They feel lost or afraid to make the next move with the evolution sure. of their work. I understand that. Basically, creating art is you're stepping into the unknown. You're always with the agent, but then when you build the trust in the process, you know you're going to get through it, and it's going to completely amaze you. And through that, you develop trust in yourself, mm -hmm. and then the confidence and the respect for yourself. So I, I think it, art is healing. Art is... It has been for me. Tony have several acres. You've done quite a few sculptures and have put them around the uh, around the area. How many sculptures do you have? How many have you done? Well, we have little trails around the property, mm -hmm. and uh, there's at least 40 sculptures wow. just to see. So, and you know, right now they're out in the woods. But yeah. uh, uh, I have inspired a few people to begin uh, sculpting. Maybe somebody will come forward and say, you know, I've always wanted to try my luck at stone. Maybe you can teach me a few things. And who knows? They right. they yeah. may outshine me by you know a million miles. And that's great. You know, mm -hmm. I. There you go. It's yeah. it's it's all about supporting and encouraging each other. And, and exactly. Yeah, but uh, you've heard the expression. People say uh, he doesn't see the forest for the trees. You know, like they don't see the big picture. 
I I do tend to get stuck on the the little picture. Like, <laughs> I uh, for me, someone says, "Look at this beautiful forest." And I'll have I'll have a leaf in my hand. Like, right. Forest. <laughs> look at this leaf. Get a load of this leaf. Like I yeah. love nature. Yeah. I, the look at the veins in a leaf, or a butterfly, or an insect. It's and, a whole other universe. And this there. this place yeah. uh, we're living right now. For me, it's a place of spiritual healing, and and it worked. You know, I feel great. I, about right. myself, I'm, and now I feel a little bit more rested. I've taken a little time for myself. Now I'm going to go back to doing some caregiving again, and I'm really excited about that. But I think it's the being in the nature and the art has, has healed my spirit so that I can give mm-hmm. more. Yeah. You, yeah, you found balance. Yeah, yeah, you found a balance in life. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you want to mention where the area is you live? In Arcadia. In Arcadia. That is why the Visual Arts Center is so important to me. I live in a community of ranchers, citrus growers, farmers, uh, agricultural. We have uh, a lot of antique shops in town, no art gallery. Uh, That's why it's really important for me to be able to come down to Punta Gorda and be around other artists, see the art shows and the galleries where art is embraced. And the Visual Arts Center has become a really important place for me, and I am really glad it's here in the world. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And yeah. you had a conversation with Janet Watermeyer uh, before the show, the executive director here, and she will tell you that the whole idea of the Visual Arts Center is here for the artists to have a place to come to celebrate and share and for the people to come in and be able to enjoy uh, that art and share that art. And Catherine, you know that as well as being an instructor mm-hmm. here on that. Before we look at wrapping up, Tony, anything else you'd like to add? No, I'm just grateful, like I said, for VAC, V-A-C, mm-hmm. Visual Arts Center, being here. And uh, I appreciate your, your interest in my story. You know, it's a kind of a weird story, but the thing <laughs> is, we, we, anybody can, you can, everyone can have their story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, well said. Yeah, well said. Yeah, it really is. Exactly. I think we're going to leave that on that note. Yeah. Because we are out of time. So I want to say, Tony, thank you for coming from Arcadia down here to the VAC to share with us that. Thank Uh, you very much. Yeah. So, well, this this is why we're here, right? Uh, I had a fun time uh, sharing my story with you, and I appreciate your interest. And and thank you so much. It was such a pleasure having you here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So with that, Catherine, you have a good day. You too, Dave. And uh, we'll catch up on for the next show. For sure. (laughs) There you go. Good job, Tony. Thank you. This is Partnership with the Arts Talk Show. Thanks for joining us. As we explore the world of art. You can find this and other episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show, or you can find us on our website at partnershipforthearts.group.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida.